what is most likely to kill me in the next year? Yeah. You think? I like that you think these questions are fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your eulogy. My friend Victoria volunteered to be the first recording I made, which is the first episode, but it's not the first episode because I didn't release it first. But it's this episode, and it's not as bad as the first episode should be. Um, maybe that's because Victoria is interesting and honest and uh, very easy to talk to. But still, maybe there's some rookie mistakes here. There certainly are, because I'm still doing rookie mistakes. Anyway, Victoria, a.k.a. Mini Blanco, is a musician, DJ, uh, general party planning queen. Um, she's very cool. In this episode, I use one of her, of her songs um, that she did with her collaboration, Mini... Her name is Mini Blanco, but she did a collaboration with like some dude named Blunts, I think. So the collaboration is called Mini Blunts. It's a full album. It's cool. I use one of the songs on it. Um, you can find it on Bandcamp under Mini slash Blunts. Uh, Blunts with a Z, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, thanks, Victoria. Um, great episode. Great first episode. You gave me confidence to keep doing this, which I really appreciate. Uh, okay, here's the theme song. <laughs> okay <laughs> welcome to the first uh, episode of your eulogy a podcast where i talk to someone about their life in order for them to talk to about their death yeah and Whoa. that's basically the show <laughs> we uh have a little interview and at the end of it the interviewee will um write a short uh eulogy um for themselves um to introduce myself, my name is Matthew Schneeman. I am a uh, white Minnesotan um, <laughs> living in St. Paul. Um, I've done some art and um, music and other forms of art that I have not succeeded in. So I started a podcast about death <laughs> because apparently if you just keep moving, maybe something will stick. But uh, seriously, I do think uh, this is interesting stuff. And um, for my first interviewee, we have Victoria Seymour, a.k.a. Mini Blanco, DJ, musician, party planner, event curator, all-around good feelings hustler. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like to more accurately describe yourself? I've never been described as a good feelings hustler before, and I'm feeling pretty good about it, actually. <laughs> well, um, we are um, friends. Um, I feel compelled to say a dear friend, but I think I'm just parroting other interviewers. Um, we are just normal <laughs> friends. I barely know her, but she's very cool. Um and hopefully I will be able to get to know her better and you will hear some interesting things um, along this morbid yet um, uh, persistent topic that we all have to deal with. 
we're doing things kind of in reverse too because we were roommates first oh that's true and now we're getting to know each other better oh. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's appropriate yeah yeah i forgot that we live together um <laughs> that doesn't reflect well on me. okay i know it was a brief period but wow <laughs> okay okay <laughs> Um, well, let's get into it. Um, what was the first, um, your first like experience of death when you were a kid? Oh, wow. Okay. Right off the bat. Um, well, I guess you could consider my birth my first experience because I was born with the umbilical cord around my neck. So I came out like purple faced. Oh. I was okay, but I definitely wasn't breathing. So my yeah. labor had been longer. That could have been dangerous. or did you want one i remembered no that's good that's good that um i have more no it reminds me of a joke um oh yeah in extended bio i'm also a failed comedian um i once tried to write a joke about how um like um mortality in childbirth um back in the day was so high that i think they just assumed that was what was supposed to happen (laughs) Like, oh, you get one life? Well, you got to take one away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I laughed too loud. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's nice that infant or um, whatever that's called doesn't happen as much. Um, but what, what um, I guess what I'm getting at is the, the craziness of trying to understand death at such a young age. Yeah. Like, I understand what you're saying. So my, in that respect, it was when my uncle died. I was probably five. Um, he had lived with us in my house in the basement with my family, so he a uh, pretty impactful person on my life. And I remember being at his funeral and being very confused because mm-hmm. everyone was like very upset, and I just like didn't quite understand the context yet. And it took me a few months to like fully process what was going on after the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because how how do they talk to you about it? They say they act as if they've left, right? Yeah, and the thing was, he actually had left our house a couple months before this happened. So, yeah, it was like, it was very confusing thing to... Yeah. And then a a couple years later, my my dog and my grandfather died around the same year. And those, I was like fully aware of what was going on, you know, and process like very emotionally and deeply but Mm -hmm. that first death was like i think a lot of people go through that where their their first experience with death is like pretty confusing and they don't like fully understand the like ramifications of it yeah do you think it's accurate or helpful in any way of thinking of it as a literal um location change you know like someone's gone um, it's not like they've died. They've just like moved and you'll never see them again. Because as a kid, I kind of thought it was like that. Death is just like going away forever. Sure. Um, I mean, like, I feel like that's kind of how I was thinking of it before the funeral. But then how upset everyone was, you know, like my both my parents gave speeches and they both like cried mm-hmm. through it. And I was just like, something bigger is going on here. And so it, it, I don't think it was helpful for me. I think it made me more confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what terms do you like? Because um, there's a lot of euphemisms for it, right? Like passed away, 
Um, moving on. Yeah, moving on. No longer with us. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah, that one's also confusing. <laughs> a lot of them are like intentionally vague in order to not be upsetting, but that confusing, I guess, because they're vague. Yeah. Yeah, they died. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but staying in in your childhood slightly, um, w- was there anything? Because um, I think I, as a kid, I kind of understood death a little bit, and then I just didn't think about it until maybe twenty years later. Sure. Um, were you able to go through that kind of difficult? Um, period of like becoming an adult art i don't know i feel like i didn't have the luxury of forgetting about it because i continued to have death be a a a relatively frequent thing in my life Mm -hmm. throughout my pubescence and my adulthood um i had like six grandparents total growing up so i've lost five of them in my life so far so it's been a pretty consistent reminder yeah. Because I knew them all. Um, yeah. I, that's, <laughs> I'm just pausing trying to think of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that was in a weird way helpful or has it made things more difficult? Um, no, I think it just kept me pretty realistic at times. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm. I don't regret anything I've like learned or gone through in my life, even if it was hard, um, because I generally learned a lot from each of those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I like knew each of those people before they moved on. Let me roll my eyes and say moved on <laughs> um, <laughs> before they died. Uh, you said, yeah, no regrets. Um, it leads me to um, one of my key questions. Um, Really? What about... <laughs> <laughs> so, so to, to pull... Really? <laughs> to pull. I, I mean, just like, we go through hard things, and they're shitty. Am mm-hmm. I allowed to curse? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no okay. one's, literally no one's going to be listening to this unless, like, in, like, 15 episodes if we get, like... Oh, okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I don't know, I personally have gone through many many hard things so at a certain point you need to reconcile that with yourself Mm -hmm. like did you go through them for a reason or not you know and like even if there's not like a life path like this is what you're meant to be doing reason maybe the reason is just to strengthen you for what is to come in life yeah so (laughs) yes yeah really yeah that's that's I think that's true. I think that's that's beautiful. Um you know, it kind of goes to my own core philosophy of just it's not that everything happens for reasons, just that everything happens. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really right. um, yeah, deny I don't, that. I don't I don't necessarily need there to be reason behind it other than the fact that it like made me the strong person I am today. Mm-hmm. With the like realism and context but still be optimistic somehow <laughs> yeah 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 um i'll hit you I'll hit you with a i was writing like really serious questions and then i started to write 
ones that weren't as serious. Okay. Um, <laughs> as I expected it to be. <laughs> um, hospitals. <laughs> People die in them yeah. and are born in them. Come on, make up your mind. I guess that's not a question. <laughs> uh, your nails and hair keep growing after you die. Not that that's useful <laughs> in any way. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, here's a real question. Um, if you had to die from eating too much food, uh, <laughs> what food <laughs> would you like to eat until you die? Um, I mean, that's kind of like picking how you want to torture yourself to death in a way, right? I mean, did you were you thinking like burgers and shit? Like I wasn't thinking like, very strong like cardiac at all. arrest or for you, I, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Well, although that would make me sick pretty much immediately, so maybe that would be the route. I haven't had a burger in years. Yeah. Maybe. Fuck it. Let's. Yeah. Death by burger. Death by burger. <laughs> well, a bunch of burgers. I, was, I don't even eat burgers, so that's. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, burgers are funny because they're called hamburgers, but like they're not made of ham. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell man <laughs> the injustice of the world <laughs> i bet we could figure out the etymological history of that word hamburg oh maybe it's not about ham it's about hamburg germany because it is a german food yeah oh. english made it confusing <laughs> that, that wraps, wraps up uh, the first episode of uh, linguistics lexicons and losers <laughs> um speaking of animals what about animal death? Because I do think we think human death is, is special. Um, yeah, but like you never cry harder than when a dog dies in a movie. Like, what's mm. that about? Why is that more upsetting? Yeah. yeah. And how come it doesn't extend to other animals? Like someone wrote a book. I can't remember her name. It's called like Why We Love Dogs, Wear Cows and Eat Pigs. Yeah. And... And their theory is that there's been a cultural conditioning to have us think in a certain framework where we do treat certain animals differently. Sometimes it's like sentience is how you appreciate life, um, which is difficult for me because I work in a group home with some like severely disabled people. And so a couple months in, I had to kind of make a choice between considering them people or not because... Before then, I'd kind of assumed humanity was um, was a series of belief and culture um, and communication, and because that's how I experience human connection is through you know eye contact and language. Um, but at the group home, I had to kind of forfeit that idea. Though I, I think I kind of still secretly kind of feel a distinction. Um, I was just talking to my coworker about this how. In my head, I have like three categories for beings. There's um, normal uh, communicative beings like you know you and I. Um, there's animals, which I treat differently from like plants and stuff. And then my group home clients have this third realm where I was describing it to him as it was like the group home I work at was like a shrine to humanity that I was just like a custodian in. <laughs> And I didn't really interact with them in the normal way. And I'm just kind of like preserving life. Um, it's just kind of a pretty far out, um, tangential way. 
But which is to say, <laughs> I just took my first breath for in the past like three minutes. <laughs> just to say, we have like strange um, associations with like what do you consider human? So that what can you consider death to actually be? Was that a question? I guess. <laughs> um, maybe it's uh, too vague to answer. Where did we start? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so when someone dies, like humanity, um, their personhood, um, right. their soul, their essence, um, whatever term you want to use, um, kind of stops. Or some believe it goes on into a different realm. Right. Um, do you have any um, specific belief in that? beliefs about that? Yeah. I don't, but I don't have any, like, anti-beliefs about it either, you know? I don't, I, I'm not, like, out here to specifically disprove anyone's beliefs about that, but I think that they are kind of infinite because, well, I don't know, like, I don't know how en the energy that is going on in our brain is going to be redispersed after we die because there's a lot that we don't understand about it, so I don't understand where that goes, mm -hmm. um, you know? Like physically, you know, we get returned. We're supposed to, at least, <laughs> get returned to the earth and be have our particles be redispersed. So, in that way, we are giving new life. But I don't know. Yeah, like about the soul and whatnot. Like I think there's definitely possibilities for how that can manifest. But or it could just be, you know, I'm reborn into everything. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tricky one. Maybe they're all correct in their own way. It's Yeah. Yeah, but no, I don't have specific beliefs about that. That's cool. Um What well, let's talk about your your life life. Um mm -hmm. What So the way that I like to frame the writing of the eulogy, and I'm doing that in air quotes. <laughs> um which when people say quote unquote and then say something doesn't that just mean that they just quoted nothing before they said it? Right, I don't understand. It's, I think that only works if there's one word that they're saying, but it's still strange. Yeah, well, dumb uh, side note. <laughs> okay, uh -huh. so the way I like to frame the the idea of writing this short eulogy is um, regrets, successes, what you want to tell people. Um, so let's do successes first since we've been kind of talking about sad things. What do you... <laughs> Uh, proud of in, in your life <laughs> what am I proud of um, I mean I don't really know like how on paper my successes could be written I didn't graduate college <laughs> I'm looking I at got, you so judgmental I got, I got pretty far and got pretty uh, disillusioned along the way so I didn't finish for a myriad of reasons, but I think that's the main reason I haven't gone back. Um, but I have always like lived my life on my terms and I appreciate that about myself. Mm -hmm. um, I... It's funny, this is supposed to be the easier, lighter question, and it's totally not. <laughs> I, was, I was just noticing how it can kind of Yeah, it's funny. Um, well, let's see. Um, I 
after college, I went into uh, band management a little bit. Did some did some touring. That was a like pretty uh, amazing way to spend my early twenties. And um, then I came back and I started uh, curating events at the Sound Gallery, and that was sort of what led me into DJing and, and reconnecting me to music in general. And um, Since then, I've like actually committed myself to making art and stuff, and that was a very great decision. And I have a few things I've done, but I haven't really like I don't really have any like standing accomplishments. I guess <laughs> I just like uh, I'm out here for the experiences <laughs> instead of uh, instead of the, the paperwork. Not to like, no, I know, really affirm or whatever. I know um, it's it's hard to validate yourself. Well, so when I was in seventh grade or whatever, you know, there's like Einstein quotes, like in like your um, math room or whatever in grade mm-hmm. school. One of them was, um, not everything can be counted counts. Not everything that yeah. can be counted count. Wait, not everything <laughs> can be counted counts. Not every, and things that can't be counted <laughs> counts. I believe you could finish this quote. <laughs> Not everything that can be counted counts, and things that can't be counted count. Okay, something like that. Um, but you know, there's seven billion of us on Earth, yeah. and that means that we don't need seven billion um, plumbers or lawyers uh, builders, or um, and if some of us are um, people that do what you've done, which is um, to elevate and celebrate the happiest emotion we can have, or some of them through like music and dance and celebration, like, you know, that's arguably one of the most important things with our, you know, limited experience on earth. Yeah, I guess. You know, I had a lot of, like, plans and goals that I and other people had for me when I was younger. And I have, like, not reached any of those. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> were, were, they, were they, like, funny, like, really specific, like, law school at uh, Columbia? And Not quite that far. Like, I, I don't come from that sort of privilege. But, yeah, uh, but, like, the general, like, college job. Mm-hmm. path like my my parents generation was the first to, to do that um and yeah. and they just expected me to follow that same sort of course mm-hmm. yeah and neither i nor my sister did and sometimes you know people still expect us to eventually but we're just sort of living freer lives than that <laughs> yeah it's it's a tricky thing to yeah. be able to know when you're being true to yourself and when you're 
avoiding things, um, yeah. to know when you're, um, yeah, I, I, I find that really difficult. Right now I'm on a swing where I feel that I've just been avoiding things by being so anti-establishment and, ah. I, but. <laughs> sure. I, I do that too, for sure. I like it on those dark thought patterns about myself, for sure. But I ultimately think that I've made the right choices for myself. And I mean, I've, the past few years I've been like the happiest of my life, despite the world being a trying place to live in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've thought many times like I could die now. And that'd be cool. <laughs> like I've done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I, 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 won't, I don't know exactly how to like, yeah, quantify it on paper, but I've done like many things. I've experienced many things. It's been not all good, but you know, like the breadth of what there is too. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, what about, um, what things that do you regret? Um, so, well, I'll, I'll do this question first because I think it's kind of fun. So the idea of this interview is like, you know, let's pretend you die soon. Um, how do you think, <laughs> what, what most likely would kill you in the next year? What is most likely to kill me in the next year? Yeah. You think? I like that you think these questions are fun. Um. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, it's what's I haven't thought about this. I've actually had like we didn't go over this. I've had like many near death experiences in my life. So I somehow always seem to get out of them. Well, like just a few years ago, my house burned down while I was in it. That was like one of many, but it's like one of the more recently traumatic ones. Mm. Um, and I was like trying to run around and get all of the other like living beings that were in the house out endangering myself in the process yeah um but so it's like there are like statistically likely things that could kill me like domestic violence or like you know a random accident or uh like uh like illness that i'm genetically predisposed to or something like uh like women in my family get cysts a lot and sometimes that can be in like very inconvenient places it's hard to say yeah you're right this wasn't a funny <laughs> question <laughs> so that would be lighthearted. like oh i'd be you know get my hand stuck in the garbage disposal oh i guess i could have answered it in a funny way you did <laughs> no i that... feel like you've just directed me on this on this path so no. this is where my mind is at now so i want to give you a little bit of time um we'll stop recording and yeah, I just want you to be able to think of, um, want you to think of like the highs, the lows, um, and what you want to like give the um, the people that remain that will be affected by um, your death. Yeah. So, um, unless you have any anything else to add, we'll break here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if you're reading this, I've died under mysterious circumstances. I didn't kill myself, but I did know death was a possibility. 
None of the choices I've made in my life were made to personally harm any of you, but were always in pursuit of knowledge, experience, and improving the world in which we live. Instead of trying to pass on wisdom through the stories of my regrets and hardships, of which we all have many, I would advise you all to reframe your own narratives. Regret is merely allowing the past to poison our minds. Are you really going to let a little collective choice like time do you like that? The things we've lived through, the choices we've made, the lessons we've learned, they didn't necessarily have to happen for a reason or for some greater purpose, but they happened. And they shaped us. And we can use those experiences and wisdom to reshape our own realities and help other people who want to do the same. That's all I was ever trying to do, for me and for all of us. I lived hard and I felt deeply and I experienced everything I could. I'm not sure what's next, but I know, however my energy is redispersed after death, it will carry on with my mission. I did it all for the love. That was beautiful. Thank you very much for Thank you. coming on this podcast. Uh, that was my friend, Victoria Seymour, Mini Blanco, DJ, superstar, dance, hall queen. <laughs> Um, that's it. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for listening to Your Eulogy. Um, thank you to Victoria Seymour for being on this um, episode and for subjecting yourself to the first ever recorded one. Um, thank you very much. You did great. And uh, I produced this episode, did the music, did the editing, so all complaints can come straight to me, but they can't come to me through an email because I haven't made that for this um, interview series yet. Yes, I have. It's your eulogy mail at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Um, I hope you keep listening. Burns from the inside. burns from the inside. Minneapolis, Mini Blanco, what does she know?